Welcome to JRCigars.com, the world's largest cigar store. We boast the internet's widest selection of premium hand-rolled cigars at the guaranteed lowest prices. Our reinvigorated website is fast, user-friendly, and offers our customers an array of unique features. No access to a computer? No problem. Download our ShopJR app in the Google Play Store or our Steals and Deals in the App Store and you'll have access to our extensive selection at the tip of your fingers. With the fastest low-cost shipping in the industry, JR Cigars guarantees same-day shipping if you order before 3. This is JRCigars.com. All of the cigars, none of the hassle. Get ready for Smoke Night Live with Massa Sensei. Jordan, it is episode 198. Smoke Night Live. What are we going to do for that 200? Yeah, we got a, the big 200 coming up. I don't know what we're going to do. We got to think of something. We're going to give away a bunch of top hats. Cigar, yeah, tuxedos. Giving away top hats. Giving away tuxedos. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Mm. 200 coming up. I don't even know when we'll do that um, because we got our North Carolina trip. Well, we could up. always just like do two hundred one, and then when it's more convenient, then we'll do number two hundred one, two hundred three, two hundred five, two hundred seven. Just do all the odd number ones. Get those out of the way, and then when it's time is just right, come 200. back to do even numbered ones <laughs> to two hundred, two two, two four, two six. Mm, that's even. Seems like it makes even crazier than I was originally thinking. Makes total sense. Uh, hey guys. Um, you can win this box of cigars on the dojo. I don't know if you saw the video earlier on posted on YouTube. This here is a box of Florida Crochet Selection Suprema 560s. This is the Magnum size. This is like a big Robusto. It's five and a half by 52. This is 25 cigars in here. And to enter to win, you just got to go to our YouTube channel, watch the video with this picture of this box on the front of it. And then follow the instructions, which basically consists of, Jordan, following us on YouTube, making sure that you're getting our notifications on YouTube. And making a comment. Sharing the video, making a comment, and then we're going to give away, we're going to pick the winner a week from today. We'll pick the, we'll give you guys a week to do that. That'll be fun. This is a really good cigar. And 25 of these. I mean, this thing's a giant chunk. It's going to cost me a fortune just to ship this stuff. <laughs> thing so that'll be fun but we'll do that no alaska and hawaii that no uh continental you uh, do we have that rule i don't no, know we don't have that rule <laughs> we haven't we'll best. send it wherever we'll send it if you're we in just we don't want to but if we'll you're do in it. england we'll do it i don't care if it cost me 500 bucks i'll find a way to get you guys this box of cigars because that's what the dojo does no problem at all we will absolutely positively do that uh so jordan it's been a uh it's been a fun week. We did the big uh, Laranja Escuro uh, video review. Just doing some video reviews. Doing some, starting to do some more video reviews. Jordan, sexy. Jo Jordan's, Jordan's reviews, guys. Come on. He does some. The poor guy. He works night and day. But who knows what will happen. You're going to have a baby any, any you and, second now. You and Sarah are going to have a baby. Any, maybe we won't even get to the show 
200 for a few weeks. Maybe I'll leave halfway through the show tonight. I don't you, know. Yeah, the baby could happen in, in the show. Maybe we could live stream <laughs> Sarah having the baby on the show. What do you think, Matt? Do you think we should do that? Live stream Have it? a cigar. We already got the cigars lit. In the hospital. Ooh. Or are you thinking about having the baby like right here in the, in the in studio? The studio. Baby in studio. Studio baby. Let's do studio baby. That hasn't been done on a cigar show. I'll name before. the baby Jack. No. No. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Hey, well, yeah. I, well, we were going to name our last baby Jack, and then we were like, and then, then we met Jack. And then we, yeah. And then we were like, you can't name it Jack now because you know Jack. You don't know Jack. Anyways, um, guys, tonight on the show is an interesting show because uh, Sam Morales is our guest. I'm going to bring him on in a second, but. Um, I've wanted to have Sam on the show for a long time. We had him on the show when he was the marketing director for Drew Estate. This guy was like in the inner circle doing Drew Estate stuff when all of the crazy stuff was going on. And we're going to get some interesting insight from Sam to find out, A, how you know all that went down, and B, he has some really cryptic stuff going on, Jordan. Oh, yeah. It's this whole, I just don't even know what's going on. This whole cheddar thing. It's cryptic. It's cool. I like it. I don't even know why. I just know I like it. I know I, I know like it. I want it. it. I don't know. I want to buy whatever I, I can. But I don't know what it is. Just sell it to me. Whatever it is. Here's Give my money. Give me your money. Or no. Wait, that is not how it goes. Yeah. Here's my Here's money. My money. <laughs> take my money. Take my money, Jordan. I like you. I know how phrases work. I like what you said better. Give me your money. That's actually better. But let's go <laughs> ahead and um, let's bring uh, Sam onto the show. Uh, Sam Morales, welcome to Smoke Night Live, my friend. How are you doing? Dude, it feels good to be back. You're, you're back. back. Sammy Boy. Right you're back on the show, brother. You're back on Smoke Night Live. It's been a it's been a wild journey the last oh, I don't know, year uh, or so. Uh, mm-hmm. so um, first of all, so you were the marketing director at Drew Estate for what, five years? Yeah, it was so, something like that. I mean, uh, I think it was about five, six years when you add it all up together, yeah. Five, six years. So first off, uh, before Drew Estate, before you got involved with Jonathan and the team, uh, what were you doing? What, what, what was Sam Morales doing before that? I was uh, I was a shithead, twenty-two uh, <laughs> year old man, graduating out of college. <laughs> so that was what? it. That was your first gig. You're like just boom. No, no. So all right. So my first, if you want me to be honest, my first, first, first job ever was in a call center. Okay. It was pretty horrible. Uh, did that for a little bit. And then, uh, my second job, I was an Aflac salesman. Really? Door to door Aflac salesman. Yes, sir. That's cool. I sold, uh, sold successfully one policy to myself. (laughs) (laughs) Can you do the Aflac voice at least? I wish, man. I wish, right? I wish. You sold one policy to yourself. One policy to myself. Correct. Correct. (laughs) Which... I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to go out on a zero, so I had right. to make sure that I went out on a win. You know what I mean? Okay. Right so, high. so you're selling Affleck insurance door to door, and then right. you go into Jew Estate. How does that happen? What? What? So it doesn't happen that way. Okay. I tried to sell JD some Affleck. Oh, maybe. I, no. You know what? I bet you he would have. I bet you he would have bought. He would have bought some. Yeah. He would have. Yeah. Um, no. So so I started a little media agency in South Florida. Um, was always kind of kind of involved, especially in like the Palm Beach, uh, Palm Beach uh, cigar scene, uh, local over at uh, Smoke Inn. And then uh, going to college down in Miami, there was a few cigar shops that were kind of like my local hangout. So I was like your 
your local website maker, social media marketer, SEO optimizer, e-commerce builder, local schmokel dude. Wow. Uh, and that's how I met. That's how I met uh, Jonathan. And so Jonathan liked what you were doing, liked your uh, style, and uh, brought you into the fold. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. He, so he sent. Believe it or not, it's actually kind of a funny story. So I met JD probably when I was like 14, 15. Um, and, uh, he was rocking a Che Guevara shirt, oh. which is like, a right. And, uh, so my pops, you know, he didn't know. Right. So my pops looked at me and said, you know, whatever you do, you're never allowed to smoke a Drew estate cigar. <laughs> so I actually met him in a Cuban sandwich restaurant down in little Havana. And, uh, he kind of walked up to me. I saw that I was messing around with a website with cigar related stuff on it on my computer. And said, you know, walked up, said, hey, do you know who I am? And I said, no, not really. Nice to meet you, though. Right. And and, uh, you know, he, we connected and he asked me to send him his uh, his 10 favorites, my 10 favorite cigars and my 10 least favorite cigars. Like a list. Uh, like he asked you to send you a like list. A, that's it. Like meaning it was like a quick, quick, quick interaction. And then, hey, man, uh, send me your 10 favorite smokes and send me your 10 least favorite smokes. Wow. So I did that. And then uh, and then the rest was history. I was a member of Drew Estate after that. That's the most powerful 10, 10 cigar list ever. That must have been one heck of a list. Can you it remember any cigars in that list? Yeah. How did, that, how did that list go down? Do you remember? I do remember. So, so I was actually, I was a cocky, like I said, I was a cocky 22-year-old. And uh, I put all of his cigars on the least favorite. <laughs> and, uh, and then I put, uh, at the time, oh. when, I, when I was smoking that around like 22, 23, um, I was a huge, huge, that was what, that was Pepin, Pepin was pretty hot back then. Sure. Um, sure. so I was, I was rocking a lot of, uh, Pepin stuff. Um, I was rocking a lot of Fuente stuff back then. Uh, I was a pretty, pretty serious Padron fan, actually. Pretty serious. I really like Padrones. And, uh, you know, the list was probably just those three. I mean, classical, I mean, inspired, you know, products. I was digging it digging it back then. So what was the first sort of job that you did for them? What were, what were you doing for Drew Estate when you first came on? You didn't start as the marketing director. No, 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 no. I was the low man on the totem pole. So it was like, uh, it was kind of, it was interesting. I was like an analyst kind of. Um, and then uh, kind of my job was to just make like, all the digital activity that we were doing for the company, just trying to make sure that, uh, that it was on the up and up and that we were, we were growing faster than anybody else. Um, so that was kind of the, that was kind of the first kind of main gig. And, um, and that turned into, uh, into building the app, the, the right. uh, diplomat app. Right. right? I remember, I remember meeting you at uh, cat's fest. It must've been relatively close to the time. I mean, maybe within a year or two of you coming on board and, right. You know, you just are ball of energy, typical Sam Morales, ball of yeah. energy, lots to say, you know, telling me a lot of awesome plans and things going on. I mean, you sort of have this infectious kind of, you know, attitude about, you know, things that can be done. And you still do. Like uh, we were hanging out recently when I was in Florida at uh, Kaufner Brewery. And, you know, you just tip, you have that same Sam Morales like. You know, we could do this. We could do that. You just have ideas flowing out of your. It so seems like annoying. you're like. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you know you're just really like jazzed about like the idea of like making things happen. Love it. 
that's what gets you going, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, of course, right? I mean, because you could either, look, you got like one life, right, at the end of the day. It's all you got. That's true. That's true. So if you make every day count, right, and you just do something that like everybody says that you can't do, it's a pretty solid, it's a pretty solid lifestyle. Because, you know, you can only fail so many times. Eventually you get like one or two winners. Right. Talk, talk about some of those winners that you had with Drew Estate. What are some of the things that you were like, you know, the most proud of? That you, I mean, obviously that you have the Drew Diplomat app. But, uh, you know, you did a lot of stuff down there. It was a very successful five years. It was an action-packed five years. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not, to be honest with you, I love the app, but I'm very hard on it from a standpoint of I didn't get to get everything done that I wanted to, you know, with everything going on with Apple and the way right. that they treated us cigar app guys, you oh, know. Yeah. So I'm actually, probably the thing I'm most, I love the, so I love the Barn Smoker program. I had to say, I really, I really like, uh, I really like the barn smoker events. Uh, you know, I think, I think anything that kind of like in today's world brings people together under like one roof that maybe wouldn't have necessarily, you know, merged their way in together is kind of like a really cool thing if you could pull it off. Um, you know, barn smokers for me, it's, you know, it's also kind of cool to like actually pay tribute to the farmers in a weird way. You know, I don't think a lot of people really do that as much as maybe they should, you know, because it's kind of the right. It's kind of the right. start of it. You know, it's kind of it's kind of anything else about that. We still so, have not been to a stinking barn smokers. I know. Yeah, we got it. We have to find a way to get to one of those. I, I, we always mean to. And then it just never seems it's to grown to there was like six of them a year now. Yeah, they're they're doing so. It looks like so. So I think you could say there's seven because I think they did one. Uh, TP. With, yeah. uh, yeah, TB even with Phillips and King, yeah. So, so uh, no, it's it's a big it's a big it's a big deal. There's seven of them now, and uh, and they you know it's cool to also like it's definitely uh, it's definitely very cool to see you know to create something and to work with a team to create something and and then you're not working on it anymore, right? But then you show up on the show and you still and you see kind of how a group of people that you used to work with kind of taken it and turned it into a different you know way and different way to think and put their own, like, touch on it. It's like evolving, like, breathing uh, organism, right? It's a baby. You know, it's, right. Yes, it's a baby. Yeah, correct. Correct. So, correct. Sam, JD is an interesting cat. He's eccentric, and mm -hmm. he's really smart. I think that's what a lot of people may not know about Jonathan. I'm not saying that you wouldn't, sure. you wouldn't not think he was smart, but what, what, what strikes me is he's got a really, really sharp mind. Like, you know, you can bring up a... A cigar or a project, and before your your sentence is done, he's you know figuring out in his mind like you know what this is going to cost and how we could pull this off and can we or can we not do this? And he rattles this thing up. So, what are some of the things that maybe you learned working with Jonathan Drew in those five years? Because I mean, that's a great guy to be under. Think of the stuff that he's created, the industry that he's oh, yeah. created. It's incredible. What sort of stuff did you pick up from Jonathan along the way? I think most 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 skills I have I probably picked up from uh, from John at this point. I mean, uh, he uh, John John's a very important kind of very important person in my life. Um, you know, he's he's uh, from a business side. You're spot on the money. Uh, I think I think he's you know way way more intelligent you know than uh, than most people might expect from a from a business side. Um, but 
way that he I think it's I think it's more more even deeper than that. It's the way that he conceptualizes in business. Right. Mm. So it's not even like it's not even so much. I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't categorize John if I had to, your statement of like him thinking through the costs of stuff. I don't think that that's even where his brain goes to begin with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't really I couldn't tell you how his brain functions. Right. But but I he's he's you know, he's kind of like one of these dudes, man, that always looks at something a little bit of a different way. Right. Right. And so so, you know, that's a very powerful lens, man. Uh, you know, from from my side, I mean, you know, I came in as a really a technolo- technologically savvy millennial cigar smoker. Right. I mean, that was really. That was really my background skill set. I sure I had a sheet of paper from college, right? But it didn't uh, didn't really qualify me. I don't think to do much of anything. Um, and uh, you know, and, and from a standpoint of just like managing brands and how to conceptualize branding, um, how to create products, right? How to I think that was something that that I definitely picked up from John is is how to how to really conceptualize a product before it's something that's real, right? Before it's something that you're holding in your hand and looking at or smoking or touching, right? Or Mm -hmm. it's, you know, how to, how to think of it in your mind and then get it to that place rather quickly. And he's kind of, you know, look, Drew Estate is a factory for that. I mean, you guys have, you guys have been down in Nicaragua, right? It's a, it's a, it's a hive of creativity at the end of the day. So Sam, before we, um, get on to the next topic, um, we were down in, uh, we, we, we stopped by the Drew Estate offices in, this winter, what was that, February. February-ish, and uh, Jonathan was down there hanging out, and he couldn't say enough nice things about you to this day, and uh, just going on and on about you know how much he appreciated what you did there, and how much he likes you and what you do. So what happened? How? Why the split? Why did you go away? Can you comment on that? Yeah, totally. I mean, look, it, it's not, I wouldn't look at it as like a split. I think that I think that's uh, that implies like something, you know, something negative. It was just, look, it's I'm 27 years old. I got to uh, got to go to the to what I think is, you know, one of the one of the top spots in the cigar game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Really got to enjoy it. Right. I mean, really got to make a lot of close friends and relationships. Um, but, you know, look, it was time. It was time for me to start to to see other, you know, see other horizons and see other places. And and uh, and the team was built. So. You know, there's there was a whole, there's a whole team there at Drew Estate, man. There's a lot of really talented talented marketing dudes there that were there, you know, five years ago when we first met, right? Right. You know, there's 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 a lot of, there's a lot of cats there. So so from my side, you know, I felt really comfortable in in a, from a standpoint of the the dudes that were left and, and even some dudettes, right? That were that were left as part of the crew, uh, you know, we're really able to 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 take everything and keep pushing it forward and not take a step back, you know. So, the timing was all kind of lined up and ready, and uh, and I need a little bit of a break, you know. I've enjoyed my enjoyed my vacation a little bit, and so that brings us to this: the famous I Cheddar logo that I'm showing on the screen right now, which you can't see, but. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, you leave, and boom, we have this Cheddar Alchemy. This logo just appeared with no, we didn't, nobody knew what it was. It was just there. It was just sort of there. I dig it. I love it. Um, talk a little bit about what this logo means and, you know, uh, what it symbolizes to you. So I was, I was in Amsterdam 
uh, we were, it was, it was around like August. I was in Amsterdam and I was hanging out with, uh, with John and Jesse. And, uh, I was just trying to conceptualize something that I could, uh, that I could kind of add into the universe and say, you know, this is what, this is, this is what this company is. Right. But without really kind of giving any details, it was always kind of my, it was kind of always my goal is to really not, you either could kind of understand it or, or, or you simply wouldn't. Right. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, from there I ended up actually, I spent, uh, I spent two solid days with, uh, Bradley Rubin, uh, from, from Alec Bradley. We had, we had quite a good time in, uh, in Amsterdam and was still kind of in like that conceptualization space. Um, and then, uh, then got back home and, you know, those of you guys that know my girl, Jacqueline Sears, She's quite a talented, creative uh, designer, you know, and she's quite, she's, she's pretty, but I think she's one of the most talented creatives I've ever worked with in my life, right? Um, and uh, she kind of, she kind of took it home and she put it all together and packaged it up and, and made it look pretty for me. So if you had to give a Reader's Digest summary of what Cheddar Alchemy is, what is it? It's a, it's a force of Cheddar stacking. <laughs> <laughs> Is what it is. So it's a, it's a it's a it's a force. Okay. So it's the, not a company. It's not a person. It's a force. It's a way of stacking cheddar. Stack that cheddar. Uh, Correct. It makes total Correct. sense. Correct. I mean, um, obviously this has to do with you know marketing, stacking up cheddar, i.e., money, maximizing your brand, promoting your brand, that kind of stuff. That is. Really, the essence of it, correct? And looking dope. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, and, and sometimes it's not about how much cheddar you make; it's just simply how much you keep, right? And how you stack it. And how you stack, right? I mean, how you actually, how you actually stack your cheddar, right? Could right. be, could be quite possibly one of your life's biggest decisions. Right, you got to stack it right because if you don't, it tips over. I like my cheddar aged. Ooh. Um, well, look, you know, the other the, the other thing is, is aged, you know, aged cheddar has a tendency to multiply. Mm. You know, like cheddar makes cheddar a lot faster oftentimes than you can make cheddar. Right. So they always say, Sam, it's easier to get a job when you have a job. Is that what mm-hmm. you're saying? It could be. It's it easier, could be. It's easier to make more cheddar when you're already making cheddar. But that, but but also cheddar is the only force of nature that multiplies. Right. I mean, if you really want to get deep with it. I, yeah, I mean, I've never seen cheddar multiplying personally, but I'm going to take your word that that does happen. 100%. You put a little cheddar <laughs> in a savings account, right? I'm, and a year later, you go back and you look, yeah. and there's a little bit of extra cheddar sprinkled in there That's that you would have never had to. I'm just trying right? to think about which side of the metaphor we're on. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh, is this like bacteria? <laughs> yeah. We are on the metaphor, Jordan. Just we're on the, okay, we're we just are somewhere on the metaphor. Just, just we're on the spectrum. Yeah. So, guys, here's the thing. Um, uh, the, one of the things, you know, Sam is a marketing guy, and I'm a marketing guy, and I really want to get into what makes good branding for cigars. So that's what we, we're going to talk about when we get back from commercial. What is it? And that will also be our weekly top five. We're going to find out from Sam. What are Sam's five, five of his favorite cigar branding, i.e. marketing uh, strategies or campaigns that he's seen, and why do those things matter? What makes good marketing make you want to smoke a cigar, and what is it about it that makes that cigar taste better? We have this discussion 
ad nauseum here in Dojo Studios. And so I'm excited to get uh, Sam's opinion on this when we come back from our break in about one minute. Here at SeriousCigars.com, we specialize in premium high-end and boutique cigars, along with carrying a wide selection of the most popular cigar brands around. We have an array of premium cigars, accessories, humidors, cutters, and lighters. When new products hit the market, SeriousCigars.com is the first to have them available for sale. We offer a variety of promotions to all of our customers. As an added bonus, order by 3 p.m. Monday through Saturday, and your order ships the very same day. Our best in-class customer service team can help with whatever you need. We are SeriousCigars.com. You live a cigar lifestyle? Do you have a passion for fine beer, premium spirits, and old cuisine? If so, you are in the right place. This is Cigars.com. What makes Cigars.com unique, it's not only its superb selection of premium cigars, but the fact that it is powered by you. We will showcase special deals and features along with tips and tricks from industry experts to enhance your cigar lifestyle. A new era in cigars have arrived, and it starts here. Boom. Jordan, we're back. Episode back. 198. We're talking with Sam Morales. We're talking about Stack and Cheddar. Stack and Cheddar. Stack and Cheddar. But before we talk about more Cheddar, Jordan, I don't know. I, I think me and you have different opinions on this. And let's not give, any, let's not give any spoilers. But uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, big finale. You know what? If you're watching Game of Thrones, we will not spoil anything. So if you haven't got to the end yet, but the last time there's been a lot of disapproval right. of the final season. Give me your thoughts well, on that, and then maybe we'll get Sam's thoughts. I think on that. the disapproval is placed. In, it's misguided. Mm -hmm. The I, I'm not happy either. But I saw this coming two seasons ago or more, depending on what part of it you don't like. I mean, it was pretty obvious what was happening here. And uh, I think the show just got cut short for to sum it all up. If this, this show had been done right, it would have been at least two more seasons long. And this season was a half season. So I two and a half to three more seasons, it, it could have really done it justice. Isn't one of your big complaints that they get to where they're going too fast? Well, season one, and season one through three or four, that was the show. Like, you had two characters. That's one of the storylines. They would try to go from point A to point B, and that would be the entire season. Now, in these last two seasons, you have characters flying across the map, like time traveling <laughs> in like an hour. They're just like taking an Uber. All right, now I'm going to disagree, and then we'll get Sam's opinion. I'm going to disagree because we saw that in the first two seasons. I don't want to waste seasons watching people travel. I, well, I just get them, just get them them to where they need to go it's what and then and then let's get the story going it's what again. happens along the way as they travel uh, you get character development and that's what was good about the show yeah but we've already developed a character sam what did you think of game of thrones i know you're a game of thrones fan i'm a huge i mean i i love the show uh my my it's actually one of the only shows i've ever really gotten into um well, what, I, what i'll say is i you know i want i want someone to do I want someone to do like a like a Charlie, you know, half wheel consensus <laughs> statistical <laughs> statistical analysis of death by seasons. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay, and my, my I totally agree. I don't think there was a way that they could have ended it in this in this season, right? And anybody would have been happy. I think there was more statistical deaths per per minute 
this right. this season than than uh, than I than I would have predicted. Don't you, what I would have liked. Don't you think, Sam? That one of the, the I think one of the biggest reasons why people are disappointed is when you love something so much. Like people were so into Game of Thrones, like it was literally their lives. And then yeah, was, okay. and then there was this long break between season seven and season eight, and there's no way you can possibly end it and make people happy because they've already formulated in their mind what they think is going to happen. So no matter what you do, it's just not going to make people happy. I'm with you. I'm well, with you. I will say that Arya is a badass. That's true. You can't deny that. Badass. In the case of Game of Thrones, I think the problem, another one of the problems that you were just mentioning is half the fan theories were better than what they did. Well, like, I don't read the fan theories. And so it's like, the sh- I, I imagine the show creators reading the fan theories and being like, oh, I can't do it because they came <laughs> up with the, the perfect idea. So if we did it, they would know. So we had to do something different. <laughs> no, I, 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 and, I, I mean, you think it, that much thought went into it. No. I mean, you really? No, I don't. But I'm sure a lot of thought went into it. The, if, it's just so noticeable. The, the first three to four seasons when they were based on the books, the quality of writing and then the dip when they had nothing else to go on is just is just too the contrast <laughs> i think that i think that the biggest criticism that i can agree with with uh, that i will agree with is that the last season was a bit rushed and i would have preferred instead of you know like four or five hour and a half episodes i'd have preferred to have you know 10 hour episodes 10 1 hour episodes instead oh at least it would have been better don't you think sam that would have been more fun yeah yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, they're, they're definitely going to have to make something. There's so much energy that has been created, right. so much cheddar stacked that this. it is quite, it's quite improbable that Dude. this is the end. <laughs> There's so much cheddar. Just yeah. so much cheddar. Sam, involved. you know what's funny is the last time you were on the show, we had a segment um, called Gimme the Remote. And it was something you, you, we, we, we named like five to ten shows, and you would either change the channel or keep watching. And you and okay. Je- you and Jesse were the guests, and you had n- neither of you had seen any, s- not a single show that we put on there. <laughs> and then <laughs> after the segment, you were like, "I mean, if you would have put Game of Thrones on there, I, I would have commented on that." But. <laughs> I don't. I don't watch TV. Believe it or not, I really don't. Like I, I am horrible with that, man. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't watch like local news. I don't really watch the news. Oh no. And I and I'm really bad at like I'm you know. I, I'm just bad at like programming my life around a TV show, but for whatever reason, Game of Thrones has worked. Just it's worked. Good. It comes out on Sunday. You, you know, you watch it Wednesday. You watch a bunch of people bitch on social media from Monday <laughs> Tuesday. You get kind of like a sneak peek. It's it's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid way. To do it. It's a great cycle, right? Look, it's it's habitual because like no matter what, you kind of like. It's like I loved Spark Notes in school. So yeah. it kind of lets you, you know, it kind of lets you like see the movie before you see it, kind of thing. Oh, so you intentionally you know, you, wait till Wednesday to watch it? Yeah, well, typically, not on purpose, not on purpose, but but sure. typically, typically, you know, typically the the episode is already ruined for me before I see it. I don't really remember a time of watching like a fresh episode where I really didn't know what was going to happen. All right, Sam. Now I don't mean to pick on you, but I'm going to pick on you a bit. Please. Um, the last, time, also the last time that we had you on the show, uh, I asked about c- cigars that you like to smoke that were not Drew Estate, right? Okay. And you basically just said, I don't smoke any cigars that are not Drew Estate. And I was like, come on, I was trying to egg you a little bit. Come on, give me, because that's, 
that's the most important. That's when people ask that question all week long. Like, ask him what he likes to smoke besides, you know, if they it's want to know if, if it's if it's Robert Caldwell, they want to know what what cigars Robert Caldwell likes to smoke besides. They want to see a little drama. Yeah. So okay. So now you're out of the Drew State umbrella. Give us some cigars that you've smoked lately that you've really enjoyed and and thought were interesting and 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 good sticks to smoke and recommend to our our uh, watchers, our followers. Um, I, I you know I've been smoking uh, I've been smoking a lot of uh, of Saka stuff. Okay. Uh, I think I mean I I, I got to tell you I mean uh, as someone that's made products and also kind of in a weird way right I mean a lot of was a lot of things that Saka was either either created or was part of creating right I mean a lot of those things you know I got to I got to play with and put my own kind of like spin on um, and it gave it gave me a lot of appreciation towards like creating a product right right and I gotta say so I'm smoking I'm actually smoking this guy here I can't can't remember this is a totalos 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 yes. And it is unbelievable. I mean, uh, I got to spend, uh, you know, I don't know if you guys know Dave Lafferty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's over now rocking it with Sokka. So I got to, I got to snag, you know, I still, I'm, I'm enjoying right now acquiring free cigars. That's a good it's thing quite, to do. It's quite, uh, it's quite enjoyable, right? So, um, you know, Dave hooked me up, so I've been smoking a lot of those. Um, I really like, I really, really, really like a lot of the stuff. Uh, coming out of the uh, of the Newman family, yeah, some interesting stuff, right? Yeah, I'm actually so I think I'm going to go. They they have an event on uh, on May 31, I think, with Jeff, mm-hmm. where they're gonna they're gonna release one of their uh, one of their renditions of the Florida Sun Ground. That looks the, really the cool. American, the American, yes, the American. sir, Every, yes, sir, everything. So this is a really the cool all American cigar as it's built. Yeah, so this is a really cool idea. What Sam's talking about. So not only is it an American tobacco, it's the Florida sun-grown tobacco, but everything about the cigar is American. It's made at the J.C. Newman factory. The boxes are American. The cellophane is American. Everything about it is made in America. Super cool idea. Yeah. Right? And it has no. Amish tobacco in it. Come on. Uh, who's had Amish tobacco cool. recently? I mean, come on. Now, that's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, that, and, and what a cool factory to tour. That's That place is amazing. I was so... I was so in awe when I was there. It's such a cool place, man. Which one did you go? Did you go to the one in Tampa or the one in Nicaragua? Uh, the one in Tampa. And I went through the... Yeah. Yeah. It was really, really fun. And man, they just treated us so nicely. And, and some of the stuff they're doing is, is really cool. And I, I just hope that people appreciate the fact that, like, when, you know, people get cigars, Sam, and I, they don't often realize, like, that... America, especially Tampa, used to be the hub of cigars, and, and now it isn't. But yet there's this still this one place that's sort of left, this one little pillar. Like the water has washed all of the island away, but there's this one little lighthouse standing, and that's J.C. Newman still doing what they've been doing all along right there in Tampa. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's – look, when you think about – if you think about in today's age, right, making a product 100% by hand in the U.S., and that's a kind of like a complicated – it's a complicated scenario, right? Right. Oh, and expensive. So it's expensive, right? And then, you know, it, it, I'm sure the quality is going to be going to be unbelievable, right? I mean, that their 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 uh, their quality is 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 unbelievable. But you know, I think those types of when those types of projects come out, I, you know, I think it's really kind of important to uh, important to kind of uh, you know try them and uh, and give them a try. I mean, especially especially I love the Florida Sun Grown project that Jeff's been working on. 
right? I mean, that's I got that's probably my favorite product, maybe outside of the Dojo Dogma. Well, yeah, I mean, right? Maybe uh, is, yeah, of course. You know, is, is the Florida Sungrown? You know, I I think that 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 product was just the fact you're bringing something back to a state that doesn't exist, you know, and kind of putting your own touches and spins on it is uh, is really powerful. Really powerful. Do you have so. any other uh, any other cigars you can think of recently you smoked that you liked? I've smoked a lot of AJ stuff. Mm-hmm. Did a, I did a great trip down to uh, to AJ's factory? He's uh, he's cranking out some amazing amazing product. Um, I think it was the uh, it was the bull. I went back to old school. The uh, San Latino the bull. Yeah, it's quite a quite a powerful smoke. What a great uh, factory um, that is oh, the yeah. tour, man. It's oh. awesome. That's oh cool. my gosh. You know, I also, you know what I did? I went to, uh, I went to an Illusion event and uh, got to try that, uh, the one-off. I thought that one was pretty yeah. good. Yeah, that made our top 10 this year. That was a really, really good, good cigar. Did it? It made you guys top 10? Mm, yeah, yeah. It was it, affordable and Balanced. tasty. And, you know, that Agonorsa tobacco is great. I, you know, it's the, it's the one tobacco that, similar to the, Cuban tobacco that you you can almost just pick it out. It has a it has a fingerprint, you know, that you can spot. See, that was, you know, knowing knowing now, having more time to think through our top 5 marketing campaigns. I think we got to say an honorable mention would be our uh, our friend Terrence. Yeah. That's a, yeah, we'll I mean, get a, we'll get to that the weekly top 5. And let's get right in. Let's first of all, let's get into this topic now because this topic to me is one of the most interesting topics that there is for me, and that is the marketing and branding of cigars and how it affects the way people like and enjoy their cigars. Because I would argue that the appropriate branding and narrative behind the tobacco and behind the cigar, sort of like we're talking about the American, like it has, it has this narrative that it's uh, all American, the box is made in America, and so on and so forth. When you have this interesting narrative and this interesting branding, I think it can have an effect on how you enjoy the cigar. Now, I'm not saying that can make a terrible cigar great or it could make a great cigar terrible, but I do think it can make a really, really good cigar an even more enjoyable experience. Talk about that, Sam. Talk about how good branding and good marketing and a good narrative improves the project and and gives the user a, a more fulfilled experience if you believe and agree with me on that topic. I do. I do. Um, I'll give you a, so I'll give you kind of the, the, uh, I'll give you a Johnism. Okay. A Johnism that I was taught early on. Okay. All right. The Johnism was very simple. The rapper that makes the women dance will also make the men dance. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. Why is that though, Sam? That's a, that's a, that is, that is, what is I, I it? I think uh, it's the power of... Yeah, go ahead. It's nature. Oh. It's nature, no? I mean, it's nature, right? I mean, I think you could argue, you know, just to alliterate on this book of Druism, Proverb 1, right? <laughs> is, uh, is uh, as I think, I, I think you could argue the, the man that stacks the most cheddar could also make the woman dance. I mean, there's forces of nature on both sides, right? Right. There's so, forces of nature on both sides. So, Sam, here's the thing, and I, I'm... I'm not trying to like be controversial here or anything, but there's okay. lo- there's a lot of gimmicky cigar releases, and oftentimes the gimmick of the cigar really has nothing to do with the tobacco or the experience that 
the company wants you to think about when you're smoking. Like, let's just say it's, you know, whatever it is, um, let's just say it's called the... Uh, the uh, unisex bazooka. Okay, it's called <laughs> it's called the bazooka, and there's a little metal bazooka tied to the cigar, and right. it's just called the bazooka. And so then you get right. it and you smoke it. Okay, it's a good cigar, whatever. But it, that doesn't really say much to the project. Now you take a cigar like the T52, the Liga Pravada T52. The narrative there is this is stock Habano uh, leaf, and the leaf you know was done in such a manner we let it ferment a little bit on the stock. And so that's giving private you a, blend. that's giving you a narrative about what you're going to experience when you experience it. And I think that's really important in that branding chain, like in that narrative, like give me something that I'm going to be able to taste, not just some sort of gimmick that I'm going to buy and I'm going to get a, a little metal bazooka. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not I, you know, I think the gimmick cigars out there serve a purpose, right? Because it helps, it helps people feel like they're trying something new, right? And I think that that's, you know, unfortunately, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of cigars out there that are cult classics, right? But that they get overshadowed by, you know, what's new, what's new, what's latest, what's new. So it kind of created this engine, right, for 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 things like that, or you know, to kind of come out. But you know, I think I think gimmicks are, I think gimmicks are even deeper, right? Because there's also, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's romanticism. Right. Is that that whole element of it's almost like foreplay in a weird way. Right. I'm going to tell you all about what this is going to taste like before you put it in your mouth. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so, uh, you know, how you how you look at the gimmick or what you look at as a gimmick. Right. Some are more obvious than others. Uh, but ultimately, there's some crafty marketing dude behind both. Ultimately. So, you know, one of the things that people talk about a lot, Sam, is this whole naming of cigars like in craft beer i mean they just pretty much name craft beer whatever they want and rarely is there an issue except for recently i think oscar blues is some sort of guns and roses lawsuit or whatever but in cigars it's really tough to come up with names of cigars like walk us through that when you're with drew estate you guys were coming up with new cigar uh, brands and lines and like coming up with the name like we go through that too with the dojo like the, what, what we're going to name stuff but maybe you can talk about how tricky that is to come up with something that's a good name that hasn't been used and that you're in the clear and you know that there's no trademark issues and so forth that's that's not an easy thing to do these days right no no it's it's uh look there's a lot of there's a lot of registered intellectual property right in the smoking class um you know, there's a there's a there's only so many ways that you can name dried rolled up leaves, right? I mean, <laughs> what at are, the end of the day, it's what are some of your what are some of your favorite uh, names of cigars along the way? There's some good ones, like um, I mean, we won't not none of the top five ones, so stay away from our weekly top five ones. But there's been some like I mean, one off was a an old brand that they brought back, but that's a cool name. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what are some of the other cool cool? I think that Romacraft does a good job with their you know the whole Neanderthal and that sort of thing. Yeah. But uh, can you think of other ones that you thought were cool along the way? Maybe some of the ones you were a part of? Oof. Well, I think I definitely agree with you on Romacraft. I like I really like how Skip has kind of taken uh, taken that kind of like that caveman philosophy. Right. And been able to kind of like really just really just transcend it across multiple different product lines in its own kind of unique way. Um, I, you know, I like the crowned head stuff. 
I yeah. really, I really yeah. always, uh, I always really looked up to John Huber, uh, from a standpoint of digital marketing. I really, I really always thought that, uh, that he was a, he was a pretty solid pioneer in this space. And I really, the way that, you know, one of his props is like a new album, you right. know, I, I think that that's like a really cool way to do it. Um, I'm trying to think some other, some other brands that, uh, that, uh, that, that we enjoyed doing. You know, I think the thing thing that drew is is some of the names that we got to come up with for the size names. I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hidden. So it wasn't so much what the brand name was, so to speak, but the where that I think you I think you can have more fun with cigar size names almost than you can with brand names because nobody really cares, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't think I don't think you could make or break break your brand by naming your robusto something wild and crazy, mm. you know. But oftentimes a lot of guys do, mm. right? And so there's a lot of there's a lot of like hidden nuggets in a lot of the Drew size names that are either inside stories or tales for another day, you know. <laughs> but uh, but but solid, you know, solid. When you look back on it, you know, it's it's uh, it always brings a smile to your face. So yeah, I mean, and you guys with Drew Estate, you guys really got to span the gamut because you had the whole, you know, the non-traditional side of things where you could really just name it any almost anything you wanted to with some of those acid cigars and just get crazy with it you know yeah but there was always meaning which is the cool thing you know i don't know if it's trapped anywhere like that would be that would be what's interesting right is is i don't know if all of that meaning is trapped anywhere it might it might be trapped in uh in the old timers you know but uh but yeah no as long as there's meaning behind it it's generally pretty cool right i mean if if someone can explain to you the why why did you name it this and there's actually something like cadence it's almost like getting a bad tattoo right (laughs) <laughs> like you kind of see this dude and you see the tattoo he has and you're like, so, you know, why, why'd you get that? When they don't really have an answer for you that's meaningful, you kind of realize this guy you, know, sucks. You, you might, you, <laughs> yeah, you might, you might be late, you know? <laughs> All right. That brings us folks, Jordan, to our uh, weekly top five. And so this week I wanted to have the weekly top five be completely up to our guest. And so Ooh. the, uh, the topic for this week's weekly top five is the top five best marketing or branding strategies of a company or line of cigars. So we'll go through these with Sam sort of one at a time. These are in no particular order, but uh, we'll get uh, Sam's comments on why he picked these and why he thinks that they did a good job of branding and marketing. And so Sam, the very first one is Oliva. And so talk about why you picked Oliva to be one of the top five best branding or marketing strategies. Well, so so now, on all these ones we're going to talk about, I think we really focused it into the last 10 years, right? I th- yeah. I think if we were to start to say, like, you know, 20 years ago, the audience maybe wouldn't, uh, wouldn't follow with us. But uh, with Oliva... You know, what I liked about Oliva, you know, think about Oliva 10 years ago, right? The O didn't look like the G and the G didn't look like the S. And then they threw that Melania thing in there and it got complicated with the cane. And then there was like, was cane? Is that Oliva? Is it right? I mean, there was a lot of like, it was very confusing, right? I mean, it was very, uh, it was very difficult to kind of get behind because you really, it was hard to understand, right? Right. But then there was this kind of like this, this historical moment, this line in the sand where, Oliva kind of became Oliva in a weird way, right? And it was very, very, everything, everything kind of had a same feel. It was cohesive. And uh, the rollout, I mean, look, the rollout of it 
is uh, is kind of half the battle, right? How you how you how you change it up and how you how in a situation like that, right? When you go into repackaging, how you roll it out to the trade is is pretty important. They did they did a pretty damn good job, I think, in my opinion. Yeah. All right. The next one is one of the most iconic brands around, and that is the Opus X, the Fuente Fuente Opus X. It's hard to argue this one, Sam. This is a slam dunk. What a fantastic looking cigar. What the the branding? Everybody just knows it when they see it. It's almost probably the best instantly. band of all time. It could be the best band of all time. Talk a little bit about the Opus X. Yeah, I think you know I I, I deeply admire that product. Um, I deeply admire you know the, all obviously all the artwork for it from a creative standpoint. Um, but the message is what's really cool, right? I mean that don't rush the hands of time. You know, ad campaign to 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 getting to a place where they're coming out with their own watch, right? Nice little Hublot watch, and how that connects with that message and cufflinks, the cufflinks, right? I mean, look, there's all it's a luxury brand, right? So there's tons of luxury collaboration. But if you link, if you go into like the details, right? You know, choosing choosing to do a watch when your message is don't not rushing the hands of time, and how that that connects together, twines and weaves and you know, I mean, all that stuff's pretty brilliant. I mean, I love, uh, you go to his website and uh, I think he calls himself the toy maker. You know, it's, I think that would probably be if there was like any factory. I've been to a lot of cigar factories in my day. Um, but, a, you know, a cigar factory that I really think I would enjoy going to would be, would be the Fuente factory. And I think you could even argue, right, in a weird way that that factory is an extension of the brand, right? right. And kind of how it's, how it's laid out and how it's done. So, yeah, no, totally. I think. I think the Opus is probably one of the most powerful brands that we will, from a cigar, from a cigar perspective, that we will see have been created, yeah. you know, and live on quite long. All right, this next one's an interesting one. Interesting one. Lost and Found. Uh, this is these guys sort of started a trend with this, and now several other companies kind of do similar projects. But these, in my opinion, maybe building a little bit off of what Viaje did, but in a different way. You know, finding these. Um, uh, cigars that were already in factories that were really good, but maybe had, didn't have a big run, and then coming up with a name and branding and marketing. Let's talk a little bit about Lost and Found. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, the reason I put them on the list is they definitely started a trend, I believe, right? I think you look nowadays, I mean, I just think about the cigar community from, a, from like a blogger, group, forum perspective, right? And how e-commerce was kind of tied into that, right, five years ago. And you think kind of about a lot of these forums or sites that have kind of, you know, gone over to this e-commerce perspective, right, where they're cranking out these new cigars. And it created, it almost created like a whole separate category of these limited run, packed in paper, 20 counts with a high price point, right? But, you know, for me, you know, why I like that lost and found is, right, is whenever you can create a trend like that, I think it's it's a pretty powerful thing, but more importantly, from the cheddar stacking perspective, right? I mean, <laughs> reality reality is, you know, when when you find when you find cigars that were lost, they typically don't cost the same as when you make cigars purposefully. Sure, right? And and you know, ultimately, ultimately, the the price on those sticks is not cheap. What is the what's the bourbon that does a similar? That's the uh, Orphan Barrel. Orphan Barrel. Orphan Barrel. Sure. Right. Sure. It's a similar marketing plan and strategy and and they and they've you know they really, really made well. a splash in the in the spirit world so it's 
spirit world. I mean, think you think about it. You're getting, you know, when you buy one of those products, right? You 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 can basically feel pretty comfortable that you're getting a very well aged stick, right? Which is probably probably more aged than most sticks that you would buy in the same humidor. Uh, and uh, and he, you know, he gets to, you know, or she, or I guess it's three people, right? It's Tony, Jacqueline, and uh, and Caldwell, but. Uh, you know, they get to they get to make a little cheese for their effort, which is obviously very important. Yeah, and it's great that they've brought these cigars out of hiding and let us try them, you know? Yeah, it's, true, true. It's super true. cool. All right, true. this this next one is one that I also appreciate very much that you brought up in your list. Uh, Romacraft Tabac. Uh, these guys have sort of, I'm going to say they've just forged their own way pretty much, and that doesn't happen a lot in a big multi-billion dollar industry like you know the cigar industry they've just essentially just say hey we're going to do it our way and it's worked well yeah i mean i think i think what's cool right is is it's almost to me from an outside looking in right i i i don't know anything more about roma craft than you guys would but uh you know as someone as someone who smokes a lot of cigars i i feel like they just focus really solid on their product um, they entered in at a really competitive price point, right? And and uh, and they delivered. I think it was. Uh, I think Saka had like one of those rants on Facebook the other day. Oh yeah. There was something something like uh, I think his message or his theme or whatever was people just want to basically feel like they got a really good deal. You know, I mean, that, I think that was really if you bullet it down, you put a lot of like Snickers and emojis and things like that in there that helped you kind of follow the story. But if it was <laughs> if it was just a tweet, it would just say people want to get a good deal, right? Um, and I feel like, I feel like Skip's really figured out, Mike have really figured out a way to do that. It's not so much that it's a good deal. It's that it's like an incredible amount of value for what you're paying, right? right. Like they've, they've been able to strip out the box in a lot of different ways, not really charge you for it. You know, their, their, their team is pretty lean. You know what I mean? They're, everything about them is pretty lean and mean, except for when it comes to their product. It seems like, you know, they just have a maniacal focus on using the absolute best tobacco and, uh. And, uh, you know, and from there, you know, manufacturing with the best practices and delivering it to you without the bullshit. So it's kind of a it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah. And another thing with that they've done is they're one of the few like small companies that uh, did their own factory, but yet did it in a way that was super high quality. Like sometimes, you know, you get some of these smaller brands and they do get a factory in Nicaragua, but, you know, really they're dealing with. You know, rollers that might be, you know, three and four sort of steps down the ladder that, that might work at, say, a true estate or something like that. But it skips at Nika Swinia. I mean, they're, the quality of the sticks that they make at that factory is really high level. And so they don't really produce that much. They produce what they can produce and they'll sell what they have. And when it's not there, it's just not there. Yeah, no, and and you know that's really if you kind of think about it, right? Like outside of the whole the whole business side of it, if you if you can figure out a way in business to just make something that's really amazing that people really enjoy, and you make what you make, and you don't make a single stick more than that, I mean that's kind of a cool spot to be. It right? is. I mean that's there's so many drink. brands that want to say that they're small batch, but uh, their Romacraft is one of the ones that I feel like actually is true small batch. Yeah, true, true. They they really do follow that sort of that beer, you know, craft beer right. kind of model, and I, I I do like that. All right, the last one, Sam, in our weekly top five is the Camacho rebrand. So talk about the Camacho rebrand. Now this this might be somewhat contentious. Now I agree with you. The Camacho rebrand 
was amazing. But I want to get your opinion on why you think that there's some people to this day that say, no, nah, I, I liked it better before, da 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 but I mean, they were one of these companies that, again, sort of started a trend with this, you know, brightly colored, simplistic, but yet cool graphical color coded, color coded band. Talk about the Camacho rebrand and how you think that helped their brand. Well, I mean, if, look, if you follow, if you if you're a fan of the Camacho brand, um, which I am, uh, you know, they pretty much if you think about it historically, they, they've rebranded a few times. This is not the first Rodeo. Right. I mean, even pre pre Davidoff acquisition, there's been a few few rebrands in the Camacho day. Um, but from a standpoint, I, you know, from a standpoint of what I appreciate about it as a, as a, that was a serious competitor. Right. I mean, the Camacho, the Camacho brand used to be a pretty serious, serious brand competitor that I would look at a lot. Um, you know, the, the marketing crew over at Davidoff is a pretty savvy, savvy bunch. They're not uh, they're not knock around dudes and dudettes. Right. So. Um, you know, when they kind of went guns blazing and they, you know, they, they spent a crap load of money. I mean, that was, that was a lot of money that you, that you saw get spent in, in packaging and in swag and in trips. And, and so it's a pretty formidable, it's a pretty formidable launch when you launch with that much capital behind it. So, you know, I, I think what they did good is I think that they, it's very clean. The brand's very, very clean and you can understand it very quickly. Right. I mean, it's like, It'd be very hard to walk into a humidor and look at a Camacho box and walk away confused. Right. Yeah, we make a big deal out of that here, Sam, talking about how Padron has always done such a good job of making their line understandable. You know, like you have a thousand series, which is Maduro and a natural. And then you go up to the 64 and then you go to the 26. And then after that, you have their sort of the other, you know, fancier blends and brands but it's an understandable you can instantly understand the succession of tobacco and cigars and how one you know is on top of the other and one might be better and a little more premium than the other it's it makes a ton of sense and Camacho was able to do the same sort of thing absolutely absolutely um, so yeah so that's really cool that's our weekly top five I'm glad that we got to talk to Sam about that because Jordan how many how many hours have we spent in Dojo Studios? discussing that exact oh. same topic too many so it was cool to get sam's perspective on that sam any other thoughts on uh cigar marketing and branding and any trends that you have seen that have been either you know a failure or a success in your eyes yeah you know i think it's i think it's the rise of authenticity i think that's what uh what you're going to start to see happen right i think uh i think the business is consolidating pretty rapidly Right. I think if you look at uh, you look at it from a business angle, right, there's a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of companies buying companies and things, the crazy things that are about to happen. Um, but I think really, you know, I think there's some there's some players in the game that have been in the game for a long time. have been making some great sticks for a long time. And uh, you'll kind of start to see a resurgence of uh, resurgence of some of those oldies but goodies. In a weird way. Why? Right? Why do you think that it seems like every few years there's sort of like a uh, a trend in a, a rapper or you know like uh, Habanos will get like everybody starts doing like a Connecticut. Uh, everybody starts doing it. Is it sort of like copycat thing or is it just just natural progressions? I think it's natural. I think there's. I think. I think a rapper gets hot, right? I think like a, I think a flavor profile or a strength gets hot. I mean, I don't know if you guys remember. If you remember the year. The year we launched Undercrown Shade, mm-hmm. there was like mm-hmm. 15 other shade products that came out, right? Um, 
But I think the one thing we did right with the Underground Shade is we, is we came out with kind of a, a robust, very flavorful shade product. Right? I really was able to showcase the shade could, you know, kind of run the gamut. Right. And uh, I think that stuff just kind of happens organically. I think I think at the end of the day, right, if you're if you if you start to say there's a class of people that exist that are that are brand owners. Right. And these these guys are, you know, typically smaller companies, but they're heavily, heavily, heavily kind of involved with their day-to-day new product, right? And then you have like this class of almost like a brand manager, right? Which are hired guns, right? These are dudes that like professionally or dudettes that professionally manage brands and kind of watch the market, right? And ultimately there's only so many of those dudes and dudettes in the industry and they, they're all kind of following that same pulse, right? There's, a, there's kind of like a heartbeat there if you, if, you, if you take it all together and, you know, if you follow kind of that heartbeat and everybody came out with San Andreas one year, and they still have their Habano. Shit, it sounds like sounds like it's the year of shade, right? I mean, it sounds like sounds like it's time to to have you know one of each one of each main uh, flavor profile, right? So it's it's kind of cyclical in a weird way. Do you uh, will you be at the show this year at the IPCPR in Vegas? I will be. What do you? What's your prediction uh, on the show? A how do you think the show will go? Um, it's early in the year. A lot of people are complaining because it's so close to, to the July 4th holiday. And B, do you have any, like, if, if you were a Swami, Sam, Sam the Swami, is there a brand that's going to make a splash? Anybody that's going to make a, a big splash at this year's show? Oof. Well, you know, I see, I'm a huge fan. I, my favorite trade show is TPE. I really like the Tobacco Plus Expo. Um, you know, I, I, I personally believe that having a trade show in January just makes the most physical sense, right? You're, you're starting off the year, you're in the winter months, cigars tend to slow down in the winter months, right? Versus July, it's pretty much warm everywhere. It's difficult to leave your shop. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a TPE guy, you know, deep down, but, uh, from an IPCPR perspective, things, things that people there to make a big splash, uh, you know, I don't really know, man. I've, I've kind of, I've kind of, I've kind of not been following the cigar business for a little bit, brother. Okay. I don't really know. I don't really know what the new, what the new things are. I think, I think the booths. I can tell you the booths that I will go to. The booths that I'm gonna go to and try to snag some free sticks out of. Okay, let's hear it. Is, uh, I definitely am gonna stop at Skip's booth. I think that that uh, that uh, there's a few sticks from there that I that I haven't tried that I'd like to try. I think I'm definitely going to stop over at uh, at Huber's booth. I seem to remember a new uh, new product that he just launched. John teased. seems to be having a good year already. Does yes, he I, does. I he feel does. like, and I've been hard on Crown Heads in the past. I've also been way high on Crown Heads in the past. But in like you know a couple years prior to this year, I was sort of hard on him, feeling like I'm not sure where he was going. But all of a sudden, and I don't even know what it is. I guess it's good marketing, Sam. All of a sudden, I feel strong again about Crown Heads. It seems like they're going to have a good year. I think that's a good call by you. Yeah, uh, you know, look, and if the Drew guys, I mean, look, the, a lot of the Drew plans were were pretty pretty heavily out, you know, pretty far out in advance. If the Drew boys are doing everything that I think that they're doing, it's going to be a pretty big Drew year, I think too. You know, I think there's uh, twenty years of acid, man. So I think they're, I think, uh, I think uh, my little Frenchman, man, the uh, Raphael. <laughs> It's gonna show. It's gonna show off some of his wares. I hope. I hope he is. I hope he is. I think. I think he's got some stuff planned. So look we'll see. Some, I'm actually excited about that. Look for some cool new packaging on the Dogma this year too. We'll see. 
Um, hey, Sam, what's next for Cheddar Alchemy? Can, tell the folks uh, what's going on with you. What are you going to be doing in the next six hey. months? Six months of time. Uh, well, I'm going to try to stay alive, right? So <laughs> if I if I make it six more months, uh, I will have one year in business, which is a which is a milestone, right? Will you have stacked cheddar? I have stacked cheddar. Nice. I can say I can say consequently that 2019 make or break will be will be a year of cheddar that has been stacked. Yes. <laughs> yes. One hundred percent. But see, that's not my business model, right? I mean, ultimately, you know, I'm kind of like a trickle-down economics kind of guy, right? Meaning what I, what I try to do is help others stack cheddar. And then exactly. I hope that some of that cheddar flows down. Right. Some residual of cheddar. Resi some residual, residual cheddar. Residual yes. cheddar. Good job, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, where can people find you? You have a website or you just social media? Yeah, I have. So I have a website. It's, it's cheddaralchemy.com. Uh, I'm kind of, I'm constantly messing with it. It's not final. Should be final by uh, by IPCPR. Um, you know what I what uh, what I'd say is just follow uh, follow on Instagram on Cheddar Alchemy. Um, I get to go and try do a lot of traveling right now. So I've uh, I've already hit I've hit exec platinum for the year already on American Airlines. So I'm doing pretty solid on my uh, my points cheddar stacking. Uh, um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, traveling around. I just I just got back from uh, just got back from Humboldt County, where's uh, kind of like the ground zero of the cannabis business. So I was, I was out there for for a few days, and then uh, I was up at uh, I was up at Omegang Brewery. I don't know if you guys uh, mm -hmm. yeah. if you like Omegang. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Little Thrones tie in there, you know, sampling some of their cheddar Thrones and seeing Brewery. how they how they stack it. Um, what about ben, these I, uh, these uh, sh can people buy these shoes? These Converse. Cheddar shoes? They can, but it's not. It's not. A, it's not a simple. Just acquire them. You know what I mean? There's, uh, you gotta weasel them. Well, you might have to weasel them. I mean, with any good marketing gimmick, right? There's there's something there that you, you must do in order to receive. Mm. If you you should try to get at least one of the guys in the NBA Finals to wear those, and then you know it's Some, it's, <laughs> it's all over did at you, that point. Did uh, you see the Super Bowl commercial of the Doritos stack and cheddar? Yeah. Uh, I was. I, I think I might have hit a trend, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, really, I'm not really an expert on the subject of trends, but I, I do believe that I'm surfing a wave of trendiness right now. Well, <laughs> it's that sort of seems like the story of my life. No matter what I get into, like bourbon, I get into bourbon, all of a sudden, boom, there's a bourbon boom. You know? Or are you following am, the trend? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Am, am I like ahead of the game, or am I like actually behind the game and I don't realize it? Right. I don't know. I can't tell. Anyways, yeah, that's, that's some Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu, art of war, baby. I know. know your position. I don't know it. I got to figure it out, but I, I, I'm i going to try. But hey, Sam, I want to thank you for joining us on this Friday night, Smoke Night Live, episode 198. It's been amazing. I love talking branding with somebody who likes to do marketing. It's amazing. I got a lot of insight from you tonight. I want to thank you very much for that. Thank you. Look, I got, I've got two treats for the group. How do we oh, want to give them away? You've got giveaways. I do. Ooh. I do. So I have, I have the, an original dojo. Oh my! Original, original test sample. This is probably what 2013. Yeah. Whoa. I'm, I'm allowed to give away cigars, right? I have no, yeah. I have no issues in those in those areas anymore. You're, you're not a brand. You're not a you're not a cigar brand. So. Yeah. Nobody knows what I am, so it's perfect, so, yeah. right? So, and then I have this guy right here, which is a test two, and I don't, I don't remember which one this one is. 
this that that is either the H99 or the Anniversario, and I don't believe it was a final blend. Oh, I don't okay. believe it. I don't remember, but I don't believe. I believe it was one of the blends that did not make it. Sexy. How about this, Sam? How about uh, when this? Uh, let's see. How can we do you this? Do a Jordan? 500 comment or something? We could do. We could do a 500 comment thing on the Dojo app after the show's over. And Done. Then I, I, yeah, however you like. So what we'll do is after the show's over, and maybe in about an hour from now, if this if you're watching live, uh, we'll do a, a 500 comment wins, and they'll get both of those. So and then I can get you the name of the person in the address. And you can send them those cool test blends. How's that sound? And I will also include some cheese with that. Some cheese, baby. Ooh. All right, Sam, yes. Sam, don't go away. Hang on uh, after the show. I want to talk to you when we're out. Um, guys, please do us a favor. Uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting uh, platform. And if you can rate us a five-star on the podcast platform, that really helps yes, so launch the dojo up the charts. iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, all that. If you can subscribe to us on those and, and rate us highly, it really does help us a lot. So we appreciate that very, very well, and much. It's cool. Like you're, you're driving and you just, it's downloaded on your phone. You don't even have to think about it. It's already right, right there. You listen to it on the road. It's win-win, Jordan. Win-win. It's win-win. Hey, guys, we're coming up on episode 200. Uh, next week will be episode 199. And then we're heading to, uh, uh, me and Robbie Rass will be heading to North Carolina for Smoking in the Carolinas. We're going to have a big a uh, cigar release and a big announcement this coming week, Jordan, mm. on that cigar release. So you'll get to finally see what is coming out uh, next for Cigar Dojo. I've been seeing these tie-dye images all over social media. You, I don't know what they are. What does it mean? It Just look at it. I mean, what does that mean? Uh, who knows what that means? But you're going to find out on either Tuesday or Wednesday, assuming that Jordan doesn't have his baby, and then uh, that would... You that, know, yeah, probably that, that could actually. completely screw everything up. But hey, everybody, thank you guys for joining us so much on this Smoke Night Live. And as always, let's see some now playing. Share your smoke, share your cigars, share your drinks, share all of that sort of stuff on the Dojo app after the show. We want to hang out with you all night tonight, like we do every Friday night, Herf. Until next week, remember never, never smoke, smoke alone. Hey, my friends, hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure you check out all the amazing features we offer at JRCigars.com. Join our JR Plus and get free shipping and exclusive offers for an entire year at one great price. Subscribe to our Cigar of the Month Club and we'll send you five premium cigars each month, plus a sixth one if you're a JR Plus member. Lastly, download our Beat the Dealer app or play the brand new desktop version featuring a brand new slot game. You can win cigars and other great prizes while also taking advantage of exclusive daily deals. Experience all this and more at JR Cigar, the world's largest cigar store just a click away.